Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bear Claw Podcast right here on FFSN, the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. I'm with my co-host, Vincent Saunders. You can follow him at The Real Payday. And we're here for an NFL Draft recap of the Chicago Bears making 10 selections in the 2023 draft, starting with Darnell Wright, ending with Kendall Williamson. Uh, Vincent, man, how are you today? And uh, how was the weekend for you? How have you been able to digest this over the last couple of days? Uh, it's been a process, you know, been a lot of feelings, you know, good and apathetic about the draft process, about what, what we did, uh, over the three days, uh, coming into the draft. Um, but yeah, um, as of right now, I've settled into it, settled into a, a very positive, very, um, ready to go, uh, mood about where we're at right now. What is it? The twelve stages, and it looks like you're in the stage of acceptance. Is that right? Yeah, I'm moving. I'm moving through my my twelve stages, as as you perfectly perfectly stated. As from you. <laughs> well, let's start here, man. Uh, there's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to go through. You know, instead of maybe going like round by round, let's just start with: Do you have a favorite pick? Do you have one pick that the Chicago Bears made that actually has you really interested, intrigued, excited? Um, any of those adjectives right now? Um, yeah, I think yeah the. I'm going I'm to go with intrigued first. We got um, the backup running back from Texas, uh, Rashawn Stevenson. Yes. Uh, so I, I, the way I'm looking at it is we got a Friday talent on Saturday. Um, a, lot of, a lot of pundits, a lot of talking heads, they would tell you that he was the best backup running back in the nation and anybody would have been a backup to Bijan, which is understandably um, correct. Bijan is a whole grown man at what <laughs> his whole time there at Texas. So anybody backing him up is not a slight. Um, and one of the reasons why I am so interested and intrigued by, by, by that pick is a value and, you know, B, he doesn't have to come off the field. He was a, he's an, in, in my opinion, maybe an instant upgrade over Montgomery. Um, they say you can catch, you can block, you can obviously you can run. You can play, maybe slot him in a special teams if you don't have a role for him right out the gate. But I think outside of Darnell Wright, that might be the, he might have the closest path to getting starter touches, starter, starter snaps rather, uh, out of everybody that we took on during the draft. What do you, what, we, what about you? Who, who do you have as surprising or intriguing? Yeah, so let's just I'll, I'll stick with Roshan really quick because I just want to echo your sentiment that I, I got I got intrigued man I got excitement for him too as well and there's a lot to like, um, and I think we're in the process right now where not only 
are their NFL draft grades coming out with every NFL team, but also there's a lot of player comps being thrown mm-hmm. around a little bit. So I've heard a little bit of everything from with Roshan Johnson. He's got a tiny little bit of Derrick Henry in him. Not saying that he's going to be King Henry, but they got a little bit of that play style in there. And a lot of people also kind of comp him to what the Chicago Bears did four or five, six years ago with taking Jordan Howard out of the, out of the fifth round. You know, getting that kind of value and then getting multiple thousand yard uh, rushing years out of a particular player. Look, I think it's great for the Chicago Bears. I'm so excited that they did it, that they decided to actually kind of maybe hit on getting more weapons for that room because, you know, Vincent, I'll be honest with you, like, I'm not upset that they got rid of David Montgomery, uh-huh. but I was kind of looking at that room being like, okay, I like Khalil Herbert a lot, but is he an every down player? Can he pass protect? The answer is probably not at this point and highly doubtful. I do like Deontay Foreman, but again, after a career year of rushing for 914 yards, that was his first year truly healthy in the league in about five or six years. So are we going to count on that guy for 17 games? So this is another guy that we can bring in. And I think you're right on to something. Probably early on, we might see a little bit of him on special teams. We see him a little sparingly. We're going to see a ton of him in the preseason. We're just going to make preseason a little bit more entertaining. And then maybe hopefully eventually by midseason, he could start creating a little bit more of a bigger role on this team. And it's super intriguing. I also heard another comp the other day where, look, it's been 25 years. But there is something to be said about these major programs having these star running backs. And the question is, who's their backup? Because the question, because the answer is probably the backup is probably not as bad as the starter himself. He's probably very comparable. And they were saying, you know, 25 years ago, you know, when Ricky Williams was being drafted by the Saints, there was a certain guy that no one knew anything about. He went undrafted. He was the backup running back on Texas. His name was Priest Holmes. Yeah. So I'm not saying that all these things work out, but there are situations where a guy like Roshan can be an actually, like you said, a Friday night value on a Saturday day type pick. Um, which I liked a whole lot. Um, in regards to the other draft, I mean, let's just keep it on the offense, baby. I, you know, I like the Tyler Scott pick. Um, there was a lot of people that I think I had a friend that wanted Tyler Scott taken at 61 when the Bears were up there, and then they ended up moving to 56 anyways. I just think that's another player with some speed. I think we needed another element, another player in the room at the wide receiver position. And Vincent, you know, I've been watching a lot of Bears Twitter the last couple of days. Strangely, a lot of people um defending and trying to uh defend Valus Jones right now but I think Tyler Scott should be pushing Valus Jones right we need him to produce next year one of those guys needs to hit and I think by taking Scott I think it definitely helps so forgive me but you know we need more offense right and there's nothing wrong with me saying that I'm excited about those two picks and they came back to back which was great uh I want to I do echo your optimism for Tyler Scott um I think Two things can be taken from that pick. Uh, one, that A, Iberflus and, and Pose, they're not sold on somebody in that wide receiver room because Tyler Scott makes it the makes it 12, 12 wide receivers we have right now uh, looking for our roster. Um, I think, yeah, I think that pick definitely, you know, singles that out. And, you know, if you ask me, it's the arrows pointing directly at uh, Vilas, Vilas, Vilas Jones and uh, Claypool. Um, but the other thing that I took from that pick is, and it, and you saw this and you saw this uh, up and down the draft a, as they're playing, they, they like athletes, Iberflus and Pose, they like athletes and Tyler Scott is, is athlete personified. He's got what, um, 
a broad jump of uh, what 34 or 35 something like that inches and um he's yeah. he's a sub four he's a sub four five forty like i think every i think all the wide receivers on the on the on the roster are sub four a sub four five um yeah i i mean i i'm excited to see what he can do he might be he might be another guy who's you know special team starting out that he can carve a niche and but i there's i have no you know disbelief that he won't be uh featured in the office at some point this season because this, this will be this season will be a uh uh, a, a a turning point type season. Um, people, some some guys that start the season, you know, as as you know, uh, starters or 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 have a lot or have a defined role, they might not end the season that way. And I think Tyler Scott might have an opportunity to, you know, come November, you know, make a name for himself. Yeah, the depth chart as it stands right now is obviously DJ Moore at the top, mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney. We do have we got Chase Claypool on there, uh, Tyler Scott because he just got drafted, right? So that's four. Equinemius St. Brown is five, and then that sixth spot, right? You carry maybe six or seven wide receivers at a particular time, and that spots Dante Pettis, uh, Valus Jones, obviously a couple of undrafted guys, and maybe who you know we'll see what else. And look, to be fair with Tyler Scott, right? Like we've seen Riley Ridley, we've seen Daz Newsome. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys that we've got excited about in the offseason that just never pop, that just never work out in the course of games. But I do want to follow up with you on something. Y- you're reading between the lines a little bit, and maybe this is just you know how you're kind of feeling right now. And, and are you saying that you feel like that the drafting of Tyler Scott maybe also might be a small message to not just Avalis Jones, but maybe to a Chase Claypool too as well? Or do you think that there's a whiff of them maybe asking themselves some questions already about you know how viable he's going to be on the team next year? Oh, most definitely. He's only got one one season one season left on his deal, so it's it's com- it's completely fair to even you know to wonder that, and it's completely fair for them to even plan for his replacement. Um, you don't ever you don't want to go into a situation where you you have what where you have to deal with somebody even if you're not sold on them just because you don't have any you know, a plan B. So. As far as Claypool, yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely, you know, side eyeing that. Like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a play there. Um, and that's not because I'm, I'm not a fan of the Claypool acquisition in any way, but it's just um breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs are already there. You draft a guy who's who's at that point who's got all these uh high mark athletic athletic abilities. And you have wide receivers who have question marks on them. It, you know, it's fair to question, like, okay, um, who's, whose job he's taking? Yeah. Yeah, you're bringing up a really interesting point, too. And I've been thinking about this with Ryan Poles over the last couple of days, where I think a lot of Bears fans, we like to do the Justin Fields back and forth. You know, does Poles believe in Fields, all that other kinds of stuff. But, I mean, if one thing with Ryan Poles is he's been very consistent, where he is a strictly an earn-it guy. Like, I don't think that there's anyone on the roster outside of probably Eddie Jackson, <laughs> honestly, that I don't think Ryan Pulse says, hey, we're going to compete at every single level. And if you don't produce and bring your game up to a certain expectation, we can move on from you. We've seen this with Tevin Jenkins, who we all probably believe is the most talented offensive lineman on there. I mean, he ended the season at right guard in the offseason. They went out and signed a right guard right? Uh, he was drafted to be a right tackle. We just drafted a right tackle. So where does Tevin Jenkins fit into? He's, they're continuously trying to push him to produce. 
And I think that that situation moves along to Chase Claypool. I think it's in the same way that they talk about Justin Fields at times. And and you could really be onto something where I don't think any roster spots guaranteed. Of course, there's guys that are going to be, you know, you'd be smart to keep them and have them around. But I think everyone is under a competition right now. And maybe that's where the Bears are as a franchise. And maybe that's just how they have to kind of roll it out. But it is interesting to see already, yeah, with them taking Tyler Scott, you know, you know, does is Chase Claypool automatically uh, have a roster spot next year? Uh, maybe not. Maybe he still has to go in there and prove it and become a productive piece of an offense that hopefully takes another step next year. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, we, we hit on, we did a little day one. We did a quick reaction. Um, we did a quick reaction pod. Thank you to everyone listening to that one. And we just talked a little bit about day three and day three personally, that one got me a little excited. Um, I don't know. Those were the scratch off tickets with, I think really big payouts. Um, I want to get your take on day two. Um, day two has got me scratching my head a little bit. Day two's got to kind of have me checking myself saying, you know, I'm not in those rooms. I'm not watching all of that tape. I'm not talking to all these players because man, Jervon Dexter senior Tyreek Stevenson and Zach Pickens, obviously, were not guys when they came up on the clock were dudes that I was probably going to take. How did you ingest and take in day two, and how do you feel about what they did there? Um, I'm not su- – I'm not – I wasn't blown away. I wasn't yeah. blown away by – well, I just call, go ahead and call his name. Tyreek Stevenson. I wasn't blown away by him. I think he's got – I think he's got some prove it on, on him. Um, there, there are some concerns about some of his physicality, some of his hands. Um, uh, and just just his just how they relate going over from the ACC coming to the NFL. Um, other than that, uh, Dexter and uh, Pickens, they're they're okay. I think we I think Dexter is a I think Dexter has an opportunity to you know be a rotational guy like right off the bat. Um, I'm not as down on him as some people have been. I've I've heard from you know on the uh, some of the shows CBS for one they've they've been down on uh, Dexter uh, I think I think Marcus Spears on uh, ESPN he was wasn't sold on them as well but I'm I'm not too down on him I, I've watched him play some S- play some of that SEC ball he's he's got a he's a talent he's a motor they like like I like I said or, earlier Eberflus and Pose they desire athletes and these they want guys who can go out there and chug and dexter's got dexter's got a motor and if you if you saw that um uh he had an interview at the after getting draft um about how he how his instability in high school and instability in college uh, as far as coaching staff he can he didn't have it so that that affected his affected his growth in his in his opinion and he's can't wait to get to chicago so he he can have that that solid ground to work off of. He's he feels that he can be, you know, his his potential hasn't as it come isn't nearly nowhere near soon. And I appreciate that. Let's go. Let's see it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a again, I use the term scratch off mentality a little bit. These guys are kind of guys that you're hoping you're not necessarily a sure thing. You're kind of hoping that they can develop in a particular system. In regards to Javon Dexter, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot debated about him over the summer. We won't know until he hits the field, but he's, you know, he's 6'6". He's huge, incredibly powerful. And then when you turn on the tape, you know, he's slow off the ball. 
But, I mean, let's be honest. He's just slow off the ball, and I think that's why he dropped as far as he did. Again, as you mentioned, he's got those physical traits that they want. And the more that I read, the more that I hear. Look, I don't watch a ton of college football, but from what I understand is that the defense that they ran at Florida is is not even going to be close to what we're running in Chicago. So they're not even asking him and utilizing him to do things on the football field that the Chicago Bears are going to be asking. So you've got yourself you know, a possibility and a potential there with the physical traits to get coached up and possibly become you know, someone who is a more productive player than what the stat sheet showed in Florida last year when he was on the football team. Um, in terms of Zach Pickens, right, I mean, I just kind of – I guess I'm just sort of on board, Vincent, with them being like – you know, sometimes you know, you'll draft a guy and be like, look, we drafted the guy. He's the one. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And I do like the fact that Ryan Pulse said, you know, we're going to take another guy and hope that one of these dudes actually hits. You know what I mean? And 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 you're playing the percentages there. So hopefully that one of them turns into a hit. Maybe one of them is either a bust or just a rotational guy. But again, I think this is going to be a process. And, and, and Vincent, the part that I'm kind of scratching my head at a little bit is these are second-round picks. And, and as it stands right now, and I want to get your take on this, I'm not so sure one or both of them are starters when we play week one. You know, they did sign Andrew Billings. They got Demarcus Walker. They got Shaquem Green. Uh, the list goes on a little bit of other veterans. They're definitely going to sign another guy, too, as well, on the ends. They absolutely have to. They have the finances to do it. They have the, the flexibility. They need to do that. But I don't know, second-round pick for guys that might not be starters. I mean, I am, I am a little worried. I'm a little worried. But we'll, we'll see, right? Especially when you compare it to some of the, uh, our competition in the division. Uh, just just on a draft night, um, how many starters did you get? Because that's how that's one of the ways I would draft uh, a greater draft. How many starters did you get? What was the value? Um, just just in those just in those basic terms. And to be honest with the Bears, if you if you were to just be honest and just grade it, how many starters did you get? I mean, year one starters rather, uh, maybe one. And we expect Darnell Wright to be, you know, start start out the gate at right tackle. Um, so, the, so those guys that we got in round two, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm. It'd be wishful thing for me to think that uh, week one we see those guys out there, you know, in the first quarter. It'd be wishful thinking. Um, but but real quick, Vincent. So I asked this question the other day, and 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 look, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but it is an expectation of how we grade Ryan Poles. And especially mm -hmm. when it is coming to young, like finding young talent, they had 10 picks in this draft. So by the end of next year, how many of those picks would you say that you'd be comfortable with saying that we need to see either become starters or contributors or role players on this team to make you say this, this was a good draft by Ryan Poles. By this draft by next year, yeah. I need at least three. I need at least three. Last year, we got three, right? We got Braxton, we got Jaquan, and we got Kyler, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there's there's your three right there. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to get at least three. And my question is, outside of darn all right, and I, I want to kind of put Roshan Johnson in there right now, who is that third, right? You know, I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out, and that's what we're going to be talking about all summer. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what OTAs are for. OTAs are build up for, build up for that type of discussion. Um, and that's, that's where you separate yourselves. Um, speaking of OTAs, we're only a few weeks away from the uh, rookie rookie uh, meetup meetings. So 
hopefully we start start seeing some you know good progress or good uh good press clippings coming out of coming out of Hallis or Bourbon A about some of these rookies. But yeah, I you know your my, your app uh, your maybe maybe not so much positive outlook on the uh on, on polls drafting at this point is felt um I, I i like i said we as as we did the the our previous show about our round one feelings at, at right in the moment my feelings were uh i don't know i don't know and you don't want to have that especially not as a fan especially not at this time and we and we had all this energy leading up to the draft you don't want to come out of the draft like well what is it what, what do we have i don't i don't know um you want to you want to continue you want to continue those good feelings those good vibes so hopefully hopefully these thoughts are these feelings are something that was misplaced because come next year i definitely want to say yeah, yeah man he hit out the park through he hit at the park that that draft you know he had 10 picks and got three starters out of it that's amazing i, I hope so and you know because well, i just won the super bowl yeah well dude and to be very fair i mean like as bears fans i think we've been kind of we've been kind of dragged through the ringer over the last two general managers right like phil emery made some really splashy moves that got us really excited but it was like it was all window dressing because if you opened up the door to the store there was nothing inside right mm -hmm. i mean and the depth was so thin on that roster that it collapsed and the defense you know aged so quickly he did nothing about it and then you bring in ryan pace and ryan pace i don't know ryan pace was kind of like a roller coaster right like he'd hit on a guy but man he would bust on a guy he'd kind of hit on a guy you know what i mean for every uh tariq cohen or an eddie jackson in the second or third round he was whiffing on a kevin white right and it just kind of went up and down and we didn't even know how to feel so i dude i think it's very fair to have some healthy skepticism about ryan poles especially when you see some of these guys on the board that everyone on the planet is excited about and they go a different direction mm -hmm. or they go with a guy that doesn't, I mean, Jervon Dexter just doesn't have a lot of production in college. I mean, it just, the proof isn't really in that pudding yet. And they're kind of banking on Eberflus and the coaching staff to coach him up, which honestly should put a lot more pressure on Eberflus this season. Just saying that right now, we're going to be talking about that all summer. I think we will, you know, we'll put pressure on Justin Fields, but I think there should be pressure on Eberflus. And then I think my final point, and I, I think it's time that we do, uh, before we wrap up here, I think we should do some draft grades here because that's tis the season to do a draft grade. Um, Vincent, I'll go first, man. I have this draft at a B minus. But the hard part that I'm having is that do you include DJ Moore into this whole draft process, right? Like I give the, the, the picks themselves a B minus, but in the totality of what we're walking away with, there is some present capital in DJ Moore that needs to be accounted for, which I think is going to really change our team for the better. And also he's got that future draft capital that we don't know about yet. So, I mean, how do you wrap your head around it and what's your grade for the Chicago Bears 2023 NFL draft? I think it'll be stat padding, <laughs> adding DJ Moore to the, uh, to the draft outlook. Um, just just on the picks made and you know trades um trades that made during the draft that get us extra capital for future drafts um i think b minus is fair 
B minus, you might be able to convince me to B. Yeah, I'm at a, I'm like at an 83. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it ain't, it's not an 81. We're on the cusp of being a B, but it is an 83 because I do think that there are plenty of picks that are huge mm -hmm. wait and sees. Yeah, and you know, those and everything's right on those wait and sees because I the 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 marquee names that we got the first two three picks that we made. Okay, all right, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But the ones we made in the fourth fifth round, like oh. All right. Better. Better. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that's that's gonna be that's gonna be key. I like, okay, all right. I see I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah, so that's why that's why I'm saying B minus is fair at the moment. And you might better convince me to a higher grade just off that. If you add in if you bake in some of the uh the, the future capital, you might better convince me to a B, like a 85, 86 score. But if those late round picks hit that value that I you know I started talking about, those hit. Oh, this draft goes, you know, jumps to the 90s. Easy. Real quick, what? So everyone's doing draft grades for this year. Mm -hmm. And then there's always that narrative of, well, you don't know anything about a draft for a year or two down the road or whatever. What What is your grade right now for the Bears 2022 NFL draft? So right off the bat, we already, we named, we called them out a couple of times already in this episode. Vilas, that's enough. Uh, let's see. Other than Kyler, that, Kyler, Kyler, Jaquan, uh, Velas, uh, Braxton, Jatire Carter, Doug Kramer, um, and maybe I'm missing a couple, but yeah. Motioning towards a C. Motioning towards a C. I I've had this, I've had that first initial draft on polls as a as and and, and I want to give it a before I give it this final grade, I want to highlight that this this he was doing this when his predecessor left the cabin bear. Mm -hmm. So he had, he had a, he had an uphill battle. Um, with that said, the players that he chose, this is a C that's a C that's at the moment. Very, very much C it, it's might, it might even be a C minus, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We, you know, you get these guys one more, one more year to see where you get see where they're at and hopefully i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong about mr jones hopefully i'm wrong uh but you want you want to give him another year but as of right now put me on the clock as of right now that's a c c minus i'm kind of with you mm. because honestly brisker's the only guy on the team right now that i'm i'm really confident about like I and think he, was I, on, he only had flashes last year he like, had flashes. Well, yeah and then he had the concussion then he came back he didn't play mm. well and i feel like he finished strong but you're right man that first half the first half of the year tape is way better than the second half of the year tape. And it's almost like flipped with Kyler Gordon, right? Where Kyler Gordon was getting completely toasted the first six weeks of the season. And then by the end of the year, he was making some plays on the ball and yeah. looked, looked okay. But yeah, I think Brisker is kind of the only guy right now that I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure on is going to be a guy for us moving forward. Uh, a second place on that is probably Braxton. Braxton Jones, there are people that like him a lot. Everyone says that he's got to get stronger, so let's see him get stronger, and then let's see what happens. And then maybe Kyler's third on that one. And Valus, Valus and Braxton, like you get a starter for 17 games out of Braxton. Valus is a bomb. Maybe that kind of cancels itself out a little bit. But, yeah, as it stands right now, there's only one guy from last year's draft that I'm like I feel pretty solid about. So that's not that great. I'm, I'm right now I'm with you. one guy that I'm like, okay, let, let's see, let's see the growth. Everybody else. 
show know, it to us yeah prove it that, you know not not too not too happy not too concerned i don't think you i don't think much about you um yeah that's that's exactly where i met with it so if that pattern holds and we, and again i want to i want to put the caveat that he had an uphill battle he came into that job with a lot you know dealing with a lot of um bare shelves but if that pattern holds it holds in drafting uh we don't have an issue yeah <laughs> last one and then we're gone um we're about a week or so away from the NFL schedule coming out over under 2.5 national games for the bears this year. Ooh, excellent. Excellent question. We've got one of the most electrifying players in the league. <laughs> That's... I know, but we, but we were three and 14. So does that mean we're, we're relegated to Thursday night or what do you think? Are we going to get an over under 2.5? Well, just because I know how the NFL scheduling works for those Thursday games, we're going to, we're going to have at least one, because we're going to be on Thursday at least one time. <laughs> and and just just cake that in, bake that into it, uh, and throw out our, throw our record out. We've got again Justin Fields. Everybody wants to see Justin Fields. I think that's going to get us at least one more Sunday night game. And obviously, it's going to be versus the Packers. <laughs> so that's two. Maybe maybe another one. I don't have the schedule right. I I don't have our opponents right in front of me, but. If I was the guest, we'll have one Thursday night. You have uh, another Sunday night versus the Packers. And, you know, just to go over 2.5, put us on Thanksgiving. Oh, I like that. Back on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm going with like three. I, I put the number at 2.5 because I think it's a slight over. It seems like every year we play Bears-Vikings on Monday night. I don't know. That just seems to be like written in stone. It is. Um, We'll get a Thursday night one for sure. It'll probably be some sort of random opponent with, you know, some sort of juicy matchup. I'm actually going to, I was actually going to come up with a hot take before we go that I actually don't think they put Bears Packers on national TV this year. And I think it is a Bears Lions Sunday night game, I think is one of the matchups that we're going to see this year. And, and maybe that's a precursor to the NFC North officially flipping um towards the lions and the bears moving forward as the vikings and packers maybe take a step back in the years to come i gotta tell you but we'll see we'll talk about it what's that i I gotta tell you i don't hate it yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) um and it's exciting man and we're gonna cover it right here into bear claw podcast uh thank you so much for tuning in this is our nfl draft recap we will be back very soon uh the nfl never sleeps and neither do we out here here on the ffsn fans first sports network i'm joey christopoulos you can follow me at joey sports guy vincent saunders my man at the real payday uh take us home on a great pod man good to see you same here man bear down bear down everybody we'll talk to you soon